Welcome to It's a Grand Life. Did you know that in the United States alone, 2.4 million kids are being raised by their grandparents or other family members other than mom or dad? 2.4 million. It's a Grand Life is a podcast for those grandparents and kinship caregivers who are committed to making a difference for those kids. Grand families are in every neighborhood, every city, tribe, and territory nationwide. If this is you or someone you love, this podcast is for you. Our goal is to offer hope and resources to help you. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us wherever you get your audio podcasts and leave a review. Every new subscriber and review helps us reach others that need assistance. Welcome to another episode of It's a Grand Life. Hello, my name is Craig Nash, and we'd like to welcome you to another It's a Grand Life. And, you know, many of us, when we become uh part of a grand family, uh, we think, at least initially, we think it's only us that are going through these things. And we're the only ones facing these challenges. But the longer I'm on this grand family journey, the longer I realize that this is affecting everyone in our country, one way or the other. And I'm delighted to have our guest here with us, uh, Representative Jamie Thompson from District 28 in the House of Representatives from the state of Michigan, our my home state. And she not only is doing a phenomenal job in Lansing, but she is also a member of a grand family. So she knows exactly what we're dealing with and what we're going through. And we're gonna hear her story today on It's a Grand Life. And Jamie, Representative Thompson, welcome to It's a Grand Life. Thank you so much. Um, feels really good to be here. And thank you so much for what you're doing and for being the voice of so many grandparents, not only across the country, but you know, right here in Michigan. So I'm really glad to be here. I'm so excited to be able to connect with you and connect with everyone out there and be able to tell my story, um, hear their stories, and um, just just be there for each other. Well, we had such a great chat uh, last month uh, before year end, and and uh, I felt like I had known you for years, let alone just an initial phone conversation, because in many ways our, our stories had paralleled one another. But but for our listeners, of uh, Representative Thompson, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a rep. Let's start with how you became a representative in the House of Representatives. That's not something you hear about every day. How'd that happen? Well, it's honestly becoming a grandparent. Uh, well, not even becoming a grandparent, but becoming a part of this grand family, this grand life, which though that terminology is a little new to me. I think you guys have done a great job of putting that out there that this is um culturally we're, we've become part of this these grand families yeah. so when i stepped into that role that is really what prompted me to run for state representative so my my story um the story of my daughter's accident and becoming the, the guardian to our three grandchildren is what prompted me to run for state representative and it became my sole mission not only because it was so important to me to be able to be a voice for families and children and be able to do everything i could to make sure that they had the best Michigan possible to grow up in, but also to deal, you know, honestly with my own hurt and my own pain with losing my daughter. Um, it gave me a mission and it gave me an outlet for that pain. And it was very much God centered. It became God said, well, I asked God, I said, I can't deal with this pain and I need you to take it from me and tell me what to do with it and use my words and use my feet to stand where I need to. And it just became very clear that you have the opportunity because you have this voice and this story that resonates with people and you can make a difference. 
So I just jumped into running for office, never having any political background. Wow. Just kind of talking to the community, getting in front of people, letting them know that, yes, I'm, you know, I know politics is very partisan and I may have certain beliefs that you may not have, but solely my mission is to do the best for our children and our families. And I think that there's so much we can work on together. So that's why I ran. Um, I was not projected to win. Like I said, I, my background is in nursing. I'm 47 years old. I've been a nurse for almost 15 years now. So I did go back to school to be a nurse um, after getting to be a stay-at-home mom with my children. And once they were all in school, then I had made that decision that, you know, now I would focus on my career. Mm -hmm. And then God had different plans. Um, everything that happened um, across the country and in our state in 2020 with the pandemic, right. um, things that were happening in my husband's business. At that time, my daughter was trying to go to school herself. So we, we started, um, I went contingent at work and started pulling away from that and trying to focus on being the parents that were providing our daughter with support because she had three small children and all of her college coursework had been put on Zoom. Um, the two grandchildren that were in school were trying to do Zoom and I was in a position that my husband was a contractor. He had a painting company and I could kind of help him a little bit with the business, also stay contingent at work. We really downsized a lot of things because it was just important to get through what was going on with COVID, support our daughter, make sure the grandkids were okay. And then um, uh, in 2021, um, on November 24th, 2021, our 24-year-old daughter was taken in a motorcycle accident. So we were that family that had that knock on the door at 7.30 in the morning wow. that she was gone. And everything that you could imagine you would feel, and I know many of your listeners, and I know, you know, even her just being taken away from me and death, and it seems so weird to say that because there's been so much time that I've had to say certain words that I wasn't always able to say. And I went through a long period of, I still kind of say passed away or taken. To put your child and death in the same sentence is so hard to say. And I would tell people, there's, there's just words I can't say yet. Um, but even when you have a child that has become misguided or has addiction and you've lost them to that you have a loss right. there is a loss there is a loss um so i connected very much with that so you know after the accident um my daughter was 24 the grandchildren at that time were three five and seven wow they had been they had lived most of their life with us because she had her the first grandchild at 17. um she had our support we very much gave her the support she needed to finish school. Um, she became a CNA, moved forward in nursing, wanted to go to school for nursing because I'm a nurse. My mom's a nurse. That was always my daughter's dream as well. Um, and then having boom, 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 three kids um, very quickly. And the children's father, as much as we tried to take him under our wing and, and help him out, it just mm -hmm. didn't work out. And there, there's a lot of backstory that I found out afterwards to, to some of the things that she had went through with abuse with him. And that's another thing I'm very passionate about that I'm going to be working on moving forward is the psychological and emotional abuse and a lot of the relationships in our younger generation that we're seeing that's not okay. Right. Um, so he, he was given the opportunity to stand up and uh, get his life together and take, you know, be a father to these children. And when faced with that reality that he had to be held accountable, he walked away. So we have not, the children have not seen their father since July of 2021. 
nor have we seen his family. So I have, you know, sole guardianship of the three of them. They are doing wonderful. Um, the greatest joy that we that we can have is that they are stable. They are loved. Yep. They're excelling in school. They feel a sense of stability. They feel safe. They they have wonderful memories. And we talk about my daughter and I see my daughter in them. I, I feel like I was blessed with that joy that I have a child. Well, especially my granddaughter Braxton, because she's just like my daughter. So we have made the best out of a very terrible situation, which is not easy for a lot of people. Right. It involved a, it involved a lot of prayer, a lot of support from our family and our friends, and a lot of ultimately coming to the conclusion that that there is a bigger picture here, and there sometimes becomes pain and suffering and concerns and worries that we can't handle, and that that's okay to give that to God. Hundred percent, and. Uh... I know you and I, uh, when we talked last time, I, you know, I heard this wonderful message from uh, Rick Warren out uh, he, from Saddleback Church who talked about not wasting your pain. And that was his message after his 26-year-old son committed suicide. He had behavioral health issues. And that really motivated me to step out and, and do that, do this, this podcast. You know, it's a grand life. I just, uh, I wanted to support grand families who are in, in our situation where you know life changes and uh, we have to adjust to those changes especially in, in light of having these little ones in the house with us and and how do we make the best of that and and there's a whole other we're a world of grand families that are our kinship caregivers that are really struggling financially that uh, you know they maybe they didn't take the steps to get their uh, their uh, retirement plan together and then all of a sudden they've got one to three mouths to feed and you know that's um, that's a big adjustment, and uh, um, and and I know you love your grandkids, and I love my granddaughter, but we we it was a a, a little surprise when we uh, when we started raising them and, and became the uh, sole caregivers. But uh, the fact that they're the kids are thriving and they are uh, have, seeing stability in school and and in the neighborhood and with family and friends, that's priceless, don't you think? It really is. It really is. A lot of people. When people hear our story or talk to us, their, their first response is to somehow congratulate us and um, look at us like we did something that was, you know, heroic. Um, you know, wow, they're so blessed to have you. And then my re it's a sort of a response that's we really believe it's the other way around. I right. never consider it that I did anything heroic or they're blessed to have me. It's always we're so blessed to have them. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I couldn't 100%. imagine, you know, when you think we were at a, a stage in our life where we have, we had three children mm -hmm. uh, at the time of the accident, Jordan was 24 and our two boys were 22 and 20. Okay. So um, one of them, the 22 year old was already out of the house. And then the 20 year old had one foot out of the house. So he was hardly ever home. My husband and I kind of got to that place where we would find ourselves, even though we spent a lot of time with the grandkids. Mm -hmm. And we would keep them for the weekend and we would, you know, if my daughter needed to study or maybe she just needed to have a night out without kids, we were always there having them. They were very much a part of our life, but there was still some weekends where we would say, wow, we could, we don't have to be home for dinner or there's nobody to have to make dinner for, or right. why aren't we just, just going off to Grand Rapids for the weekend? Or, right. And it was such a, it was like a hit. Wow. When did this happen? We don't have the responsibility of having to be home or tell anyone where we're at. You know, yeah. we kind of just started embracing that. We had decided to finally 
um, renovate our kitchen, renovate our house, turn wow. our three bedroom ranch into a two bedroom so we could finally have that master bedroom that we wanted. And God said, nope, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're raising children is not over. I need you to step in and raise these children. And then for me, there was a lot of looking back. You know, I think you look back as much as we try to do the best job we can with our kids. We always make mistakes. Oh, I hear oh. a grandma. <laughs> I'm in the basement. Grandma's on a meeting, honey. <laughs> well, I have, um, we have interesting. So we have all three grandkids home from school today because two of them um, tested positive for strep with the, oh, okay. sore, the sore throat and the headache. Yep. Um, and then I thought they were good. Bryson, go find Papa. See, this is this is this is normal though, right? Like sometimes totally like, normal. And, and our I audience get meetings and there's totally gets this going out of the yeah. background. I'm like, this is my life. Yeah. So um, the doctor, you know, said just keep all three home um, till Monday. They're okay. They're obviously yep. they're up there upstairs playing, but I, and that's I, the, the dynamics of you know working and having children. I have literally been taping podcasts like you and I are right now. When my granddaughter is up, we're looking at me and you, you can't see her. And she's just hitting every button asking mm -hmm. for this. Can I go on screen time? Can I do this or that? When you're vulnerable, right? You're in the middle of a podcast yeah. or, or a meeting. <laughs> and um, there are still characters and there's still kids. But it's it's just part yeah. of uh, living the grand life. And, and, uh, um, yeah. and, and so. it, they are a blessing to us. But it's... Uh, uh, but uh, we are a blessing to them as well, providing that stability. And and uh, so when I'm chatting with you, Representative Thompson, I'm thinking not only are you the advocate for your grandkids, you're the the advocate for all of our grandkids in Michigan. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just and and I I'm, I hope our listeners get that. We this is uh, uh, this is someone who did not go to school thinking i can't wait to run for office i know i want to be a nurse like my mom i want to i want to give back i want to take care of folks and help them live healthy lives and then this changed and now your background which is absolutely perfect to be the advocate for grand families and kinship caregivers in the state of michigan um i it's almost it, it's really a divine calling that uh, uh that you've stepped into the odds didn't look good you didn't think you were going to win and amazingly enough that um that happened. So what, what would you say has been the biggest hurdle to um, uh, your grand family situation so far? What have been the biggest challenges you've had? Um, I would say, I love you too, Bryson. His room is above um, my office. So he is talking to me through the vent. Uh, he's our six-year-old. He's six now. So now they're six, seven, and nine. Okay. Um, I think there has been a, a lot of challenges. One of the challenges is because of the situation with them losing their mother and their father not being involved in their life, not by my choice, um, wanting to make sure that they know how much they're loved, wanting to make sure that that they don't feel that, that dad's not here because they weren't worthy of him to be here. So having those conversations, especially with the older one who's nine and asks a lot of questions is changing the dynamics. So, you know, I'm older. Um, my husband and I, this isn't our first time raising children. Maybe in my 20s, I would have been angry. Maybe right. I would have, you know, cursed their father to them. Um, but I didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that. You know, right. looking at things a little differently with experience and, and saying, you know what? Dad is just being a stupid, selfish adult right now. And he loves you so much. 
he's just uh, sometimes adults are selfish and he's trying to figure himself out but that's not because he doesn't love you you are so worthy of love and so wonderful and yes he loves you he loves you very much right um so i don't think in my 20s i might have taken that approach so really struggling with being mature in the situation making sure that their mental health is always first and force foremost above maybe how i feel about things right um that has been a challenge um making sure that i'm present for my husband um and that i'm providing for him you know the 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 relationship that we need as husband and wife right and uh, making sure that the house is taken care of and that things are organized and everything tries to run as smooth as possible even when there's a lot of bumps in the roads and i think that's what makes me as the representative of the district that i represent just like everyone else and that's to me that's the best thing that i could that i could show people is that i have you know a home i drive a minivan that has 230,000 miles on it you know my husband and i are still going to the grocery store going man put those snacks away we can't afford a six dollar box of muffins that have four little muffins in the pack we're just like everyone else trying to raise our children in a world that is throwing arrows at us every time we turn around right um navigating navigating you know lansing and and the political world and trying to always which i am always myself but i think there's a part of me just the nurturing part of me as a nurse that i see everyone as genuine because i believe i'm genuine right and i I don't ever feel that I have to protect myself or hide myself or be careful for what I say or who I talk to because everyone's genuine because that's just how I see them. And there's a little bit of naivety to that. So I had to kind of work my way through that. And I think I I really have. I don't have to change who I am. I just have to be conscious of not everyone is genuine like I think they are. So there's some naivety that I feel I had to to work through and I still work through being human. But you're optimistic when you meet folks and you meet your colleagues that they that they mean what they say right that they're Mm -hmm. not trying to manipulate a situation and and try and make things better for the citizens of michigan and uh, i i i know i speak for our audience we just appreciate you running for office we appreciate your advocacy in lansing and and um you know you you have a busy full plate with uh, grandkids husband uh, managing a house also and also I don't know if do you have to go to Lansing every week to yeah so on a normal so when we have things are a little bit different right now because there has been some changes in um, obviously the situation where we were a 56 54 house um, two of the members ran for mayoral seats so they're they their seats are vacant right now and they haven't held those elections so because we're at a 54 54 sort of block Um, Our schedule has lessened a lot in Lansing on a normal, you know, back last year um, as my first year, this is going into my second year as representative. The first year I was in Lansing, always Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Um, We have our committee hearings uh, and that's what maybe the general public don't know. So you as a representative, um, I'm home in district. Basically, I would say Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on a normal session period. And then I go to Lansing Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday we have our session hearings in the afternoon and then our committees in the morning. So if you serve on a committee, then you have your committee hearings, you're, you're meeting with people that have legislation they want to talk about or present. Uh, you have a ton of meetings throughout the morning and then you do your session in the evening. Now, when I first went to Lansing, I coming from the world of nursing, knowing that I work 12 hour shifts, 
Sometimes right. to pick up extra money, I might work five 12 hour shifts. Right. And I was still able to leave the house at six, sometimes get home at 10 and raise my children. And then the dynamics of when I thought I could do that in Lansing and I would come home in the evening, even if it was an early day and I got home at five or six, I found that my husband was right in the middle of getting them to do their homework. And then they would get all riled up because Grammy's home. Right. So it kept kind of throwing a wrench in their stability. So I found that if I just left on Tuesday morning, I stayed in Lansing Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And then I came home on Thursday. Their schedule seemed to run a little bit better than me interrupting it. Now that might, now that's just going to change. So now, right now, moving forward, it appears that we're only going to be in Lansing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, we won't have session on Thursday. So I'm home with them. Um, the committees, I mentioned a little bit about committees. So once you're elected as a representative, you put in a request for the committees that you would like to be a part of or be on. And normally that I think has to do with your background, your career, things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, you have a choice to be on the policy side of that committee because there's multiple committees. So there's a committee for the policy on it. And then there's a committee for the appropriations of the budget and the money on it. Okay. So I really, I really interested in the policy. You know, I was more interested in the policy. Um, I was fortunate enough to get the three committees that I wanted to serve on. Not a lot of people get that. Um, they put in the request and then it just really lays where it lays. Um, so I serve on family, children and seniors, which is not a real. And honestly, in like the, the political world, that's not a glorious committee. That's not a committee that people are like, I want to be on that. No, most people want to be on insurance and um, energy and economic development and, you know, the really hard headbangers. Right. But for me, it was, no, it's the family, children and seniors, because that's what I'm passionate about. And then obviously healthcare, being a nurse and then sub the subcommittee behavioral health, because I'm very, very much an advocate for the mental health right now, really of our children, but of uh, our state as a whole. So oh, um, serving on those committees is, is a, such a blessing to have my voice there. Well, and uh... We're, uh, next week we're going we're gonna to have you back again. We're going to talk about uh, what that actually means in the state of uh, Lansing and how you're you're moving the ball down the field for us. But um, as we wind up our our interview today, um, what would you say with looking back on on you and your husband becoming part of a grand family? Um, what are the three things you wish you knew prior to taking responsibility for your grandkids? What if, if I'm brand new to this? What should I know? I think the legality of it was was probably first and foremost, and we're still going to be, you know, navigating that world because we filed for guardianship. We have guardianship, but it's been two years. Do we move forward to adoption or assuming that maybe that the lawyer we obtained to be our counsel for the guardianship? Looking back, I thought that that kind of took care of it all because my daughter was gone. She had passed. Right. So um, I think. The, the legal aspect of it is huge and that's, you know, not to jump ahead, but that's something I think we can really have conversations about within the legislature because this is happening so frequently. So the legality of it, because to us, it didn't matter. We just had them. Right. Um, and years go by and we're like, wow, we, we probably should have looked at this differently and not just assumed getting guardianship meant that we adopted them, I guess, in a sense. Um, right. That's a big thing. And um, we were okay financially, so I was never concerned about the finances. Um, I think probably not being so hard on yourself, not being so hard on yourself to think that 
be worried about. I think what we do, especially because we're older and when we are doing the raising our grandchildren, we've raised children. Mm-hmm. So we look back at some of the things that we may have done differently. And then if that doesn't go the way we think it should with the grandchildren, because we're like, okay, we're not going to make these mistakes with the grandchildren. We see whether it be having a disagreement with them in front of, you know, my husband and I, I thought, you know, I, I saw the faults in that and what that did to my kids because I was the nurturer. He was the disciplinarian and okay, we're not going to do that. So when you fall into that trap sometimes and you get angry at yourself or you feel like you're not doing a good enough job or you're you're trying so hard to make life so perfect for them because they're so precious to not be so hard on yourself. That That's great. All of these little things that you think matter really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. The grand scheme of things, they it's don't. A, they, I love that. It's a, so you, you would say know the legalities of what what's the, the course you're on, you know, whether mm-hmm. whether it's through the foster system or guardianship or adoption, and then give yourself a break. Give yourself some slack. Don't be so hard on yourself. That that's really good. That's a, I like to see. Give yourself grace. We all need to give each other grace. Grace. Yep. Unmerited favor. I love that. We. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely and unequivocally what we need. And um, it has been such a blessing to have you on our podcast here today. It's a grand life. We look forward to next time, Representative Thompson, when we talk about politics and how to move the needle in Lansing. But thanks so much for being our guest today. And we look forward to seeing you next time on It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us today for It's a Grand Life. It's a Grand Life provides vital content, regulatory updates, and subject matter experts that are committed to supporting the 2.4 million kids and their caregivers from every neighborhood, every city, every tribe and territory nationwide. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Every new subscriber and review helps us reach others that need assistance. As caregivers, we are united in purpose. We are driven by hope while providing strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We are truly making a difference in while living the grand life. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, please reach out to us. But we'll see you next time for another It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us.